<clears throat> What's up, everybody? It's IBS Jesus coming at you guys live with the IBN Weekly College Football Podcast. We have made it all the way through the season. We are officially in week 13. It has been a long season um, for the athletes as well as for um, Marcus and myself. And we are looking forward to talking about, obviously, the main storyline the top 25, and then uh, potentially looking at um, the group of five um, who might be in the New Year's Eve Bowl, and then also discussing our best bets per usual. Um, I'm waiting on Marcus. Uh, We are a little delayed tonight, Um, and he just actually said give him five minutes, um, which is fine. We're a little delayed tonight. some of that's partially due to my son. Some of that's partially due to just work being work. But we are here. Um, one of the uh, funny stories since I got five minutes, one of the funniest stories going out right now um, is that um, actually college basketball, where Memphis star Wiseman is apparently going to be allowed to play, but Memphis doesn't have to um, vacate any wins um when he played, when he was obviously ineligible. Uh, The running joke in the group is Nike needed the money to get Chase Young out of his little hassle. (laughs) And now it's like, well, Nike did a favor for Ohio State, so Memphis got to bite the bullet. I mean, it's just just weird. When you look at the Chase Young situation, you look at the Wiseman situation, I, I think it just continues to bring to the forefront the need to start compensating these players. Um, I guess it's just a different line of thought now um, because we are in an age where people feel like they are owed more or maybe, I mean, if I could be frank, the value of an education for some of these guys who are definitely going pro just isn't the same. I know people are like, well, you need your education. I just think that's a little cliche, man. Like there's a lot of people in debt right now with degrees as well. You're talking about guys who are going to be multimillionaires. And I mean, honestly, if, if, they don't spend like Floyd Mayweather, they'll probably be fine for the rest of their lives. But this is like life-changing, generational-changing money, and you can't really expect these guys to to prioritize a degree from one of these schools. Like, I don't know any degree that's going to be worth a, a, a top draft pick. You know, like, Wiseman's going in the top 10 when he leaves, you know, like, What's the big deal? He he took some money for his family to move. Like Chase Young is definitely going one or two. I I would I would go out on a limb and say he's definitely going one without a doubt. Like what what's the big deal? It was four K apparently, so he could fly his girlfriend in. You know, it's just like little things like this. It just kind of weighs on the public a little, and then you just kind of feel like you know why don't the players get paid, man? It's not really that serious, but um. I guess that'll be something in, like in my OJ voice. I mean, what what can I say? <laughs> It'll be something that um, I guess will be definitely brought up um, and debated by talking heads. I mean, LeBron spoke on it. He seems to be the guy, the mouthpiece that gets everything going uh, from time to time. But um, it is what it is. Like, what are you what are you talking about? All right, so um. I'm excited, very, very excited, um, because we actually made it through the entire season. I want to do, like, a cool show where we, we kind of unveil our picks for um, for the uh, playoffs, um, for the bowl games. I'm, I'm hoping to do a show where we, we pretty much go through and we, we just knock off every single bowl. And um, I'm like, Trying to figure it out. So if anybody's listening, they got any suggestions, let me know. Um, I'm definitely open for it. All right, cool. I think we got Marcus in here. Tired of rambling. Anyway, let me check. Yo, Marcus, yo, is that you? All right, good, man. Dang, yo, you had me bro. rambling for like five minutes, bro. No, I'm just um, yeah, I, I told him um, it, it sucks because uh, we had a plan to do something on time, and we we haven't quite gotten there yet. But yeah. let's see. At some of these college games, so I was just kind of talking about the Wiseman uh, Chase Young situation, how it kind of brings to the forefront 
um, that we will eventually see players getting paid. We need to see players getting paid if, if things like this is what's keeping them out. But um, we can go ahead and jump into these rankings. I think that's what everybody wants uh, to hear anyway. Our thoughts on the rankings. So here we go. Coming in at number 25, Southern Methodist University. SMU is back, baby. Back before Texas, actually, which is kind of funny, but they're back uh, at 9-1. and one. Coming in at number 24, Odie Bagoody, Appalachian State University at 9-1. and one. Coming in at number 23 at 7-4, and four, USC, the USC out of Southern Cal. Uh, coming in at number 22, Iowa State University at 6-4. and four. And coming in at number 21, Oklahoma State University at 7-3. And, and coming in at number 20 at 9-1, Boise State University. You got any gripes about that? No, that sounds about right. Yeah, you can keep yeah, uh, my issues, none of my issues out. To, I mean, to just go ahead and knock it out. It, to me, the polls now, I don't have an issue with any of them. I think now when to the meat of the schedule, it's going to work itself out. So you can just go ahead and run through the top 25 however you want to. It's cool with me. Okay. Um, I mean, I usually try to break it down by the by the five. Um, and just because we're, we're going to – what I'm hoping for is that we can kind of start talking about the group of fives. And uh, who we think is going to come out and represent them. Because, I mean, there's some interesting teams in here. When you look at SMU, Appalachian State, Boise, obviously, is in the mix. My favorite was Cincinnati, but they don't seem to – they seem to be falling off a little uh, in the committee's eyes. Um, Who's your – who's your power – or power five? Who's your group of five that you want to see come out? Who do you think is more deserving? Man, to me right now, I mean, still, I think the best group of five team is – I mean, Memphis and Cincinnati, I think it goes week to week, but my vote would still be with Cincinnati. I think just from what I've seen from from them and from Luke Fickle this year from top to bottom has been, I think, the best in in the group of five. I mean, I know they got blasted 42 to nothing against Ohio State, but, man, the way Ohio State's playing, that, that looks like, you know, luckily they got out of there just 42 to nothing, you know, so – I think Memphis, they did have a tough loss against a, a good and rugged Temple team. And, I mean, they still got a few more games left, and then they play each other, correct, in the AAC? Um, I don't think – I don't think SMU has Cincinnati on the schedule. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, not, not SMU. Um, yeah, go ahead, my bad. I was going to say they do play – I think they do play Memphis still. I can look it up real quick. Yeah, they play Memphis. Okay, because somebody was talking about that um, earlier uh, on, like, one of the podcasts I was listening to. Um, They were talking about how it's kind of a shame that um, Cincinnati and uh, SMU don't get to play each other. But, yeah, they've got Memphis next week, next week, and it is in Memphis. So Yeah. And my thing, too, is – That's tough. That is tough, and I, I hate to be this elitist. I hate to be this guy, but if you're outside the top ten, I ain't checking for you right now. I'm so, <laughs> I'm sorry. You never had the last eight weeks to do. Now, don't from you and I as you know football fans and as gamblers. Yeah, I still watch in Memphis, but in Cincinnati, and I think you know this year, which is really I think the first year really in the playoff where we've had a group of five member who really didn't I think have a chance to truly you know. Even though things would have had to go on right for UCF or Houston in the past, we just don't have a group of five teams that I think is on that caliber of team. And plus, I think you know how it is. Once the playoffs introduces their first, you know, uh, playoff rankings, I think every everybody's attention just focuses so much on the top ten. And I'm just like, well, Memphis, well, Cincy, it's been good, man. Have a seat. Mm-hmm. I check y'all in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm still I'm still a big fan of them. I, you know, I follow yeah. the small schools anyway, and it it's to me it's it's one of those things where um I've gotta I feel like I gotta stay connected to my smaller schools because it's just a long gap without college football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like if you think about it, basically the whole month of December you're not watching anything if you're not watching the bowl games, and and it's like yeah. I've always jokingly called it the March Madness of college football to me, you know. So um, I try to stick with it. 
I hate that I mean, Cincinnati. I yeah, I was gonna say I hate that Cincinnati got just absolutely ran through by Ohio State. <laughs> but I don't I don't think the committee's holding it that against them. I mean, no, look at no, Ohio absolutely. State. They're they're a machine. Um if I had to pick a group of five rep that I thought would give um one of these um top teams a, a run for their money and say it's against like a Minnesota or something like that. I would pick Cincinnati. I think I think they're the more more complete program out of all these teams. Appalachian State's kind of one sided to me. Uh, SMU is all offense. It would make for an exciting, fun filled shootout. But if they're playing a yeah. team like Memphis, no. Now, if you could give me SMU and Oklahoma, oh sure, I will watch that. Any yeah, day I of think the week. that I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, if I'm looking for like like. It, Let's say five through ten right now. If I'm looking at that list, I'd rather Cincinnati come out and, and represent the, the group of five there. Um, but is there something to be said for the group of five if they win this game, like if they win these bowl games? Because they haven't done too well. Uh, I think UCF won the first one with Frost. Am I right? Yes. Okay, so they won – I want to say it was like Western Michigan the year before that or something. They might have won. I can't recall. But last year, they definitely didn't win. They got ran through. <laughs> and and I, I wonder if the committee, as we get closer and closer to that deadline where we're looking into uh, potentially adding an expansion, if the committee um, – if the committee will start taking that in consideration, like, hey, these group of five schools are, are really competing with, with these other teams, is it potentially time for us to think about expanding? Do you think that matters? Um, I, I mean, I've said it several times, I don't think expansion is even on the table until this TV deal is up. There's just way too much. I know people are looking at how much money the college football playoff and how much schools can really make, but I just don't think there's a chance that a power five or we even move forward from this 14 playoff until, you know, the next TV licensing deal is up because I think he has been in the college football playoff with a sticker price that they paid to, you know, to bring this to us now for 18 mm-hmm. playoff, man, I'm telling you, Fox is going to want to bid on, like, it's going to be absolutely, it's going to be filthy how much money it is. And I, I don't see the committee really wanting to go through and, you know, set up what it's going to take to do eight teams or even a 16 playoff. So, yeah, I, I don't see that one. Not yet. But I think we're close, though. Yeah, I, I think we're getting there. There's cases to be made. And, and the social media public push is is available for these teams now. Like that UCF campaign um, was, was yeah. pretty intense, even had Disney buy into it. So, I mean, it, they definitely have a lot more of a voice. Um, of people in their corner than they would have had back during the BCS days. Uh, so let's go. So we stopped at Boise. We, Uni- University of Cincinnati is coming in at 19 at 9 and 1. Memphis coming in at 18 at 9 and 1. Iowa is 7 and 3, coming in at number 17. Notre Dame is 8 and 2, coming in at number 16. Number 15, Auburn University at 7 and 3. Uh, number 14, <laughs> still not getting any love. Baylor at uh, nine and one. So I'm gonna stop here and ask, what was your thought when Baylor was up by that? Like when they were up, was it the same? Was it really 25, 25. 20, yeah, it was 25. So it was 28-3 for real. Yep, I was watching the game and I was just, oh I, I mean, God. I really thought that Baylor had figured out Oklahoma. To where, uh-huh. like, you see a guy like Matt Rule, who's a defensive-minded coach, and a person I think the Jets sort of considerably taking better consideration in the hire than, you know, the current coach they have. And I was like, hey, you know, that's here or there. But I just think, like, man, 25 points, this is done. Oklahoma's done. Jalen Hurts was looking like, I mean, first year Alabama, Jalen Hurts just missing passes, and all of a sudden, you know how it goes, man. Oklahoma hits one deep ball, and it just comes in an avalanche after that. I mean, they just put up points really, really, really fast when they get in the rhythm, and that's just a bad look for Baylor, especially for a team who really had to make a statement game or to keep it close. To just give that game away like that, that's that's heartbreaking. Yeah, um, 
I was I was on that money line too, man. I was just hoping to get a steal there, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, it was ten points. I de- I definitely had the spread too. Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not trying to solely talk from a gambling standpoint, but if you can get to me, if you can get anything over six as an underdog win in college football, like it's that's pretty good, man. Um, and I had Temple that day. I had taken at uh, six and took money line, and that hit. So I was just I was just being greedy, man. I was like, yes, I got this, and and. Something told me that if any team could come back, and I said that when the Patriots did it too, if any team could come back, it would be Oklahoma just because of Lincoln Riley and, and that offense. But I was like, man, C.D. Lamb is gone. It, I just need yeah. a, a field goal. I just need a field goal. I just need one score. Like, it would be enough to – like, they'll run out of time, and I just couldn't get it, and it's unfortunate. But – um. Ha- as all the Oklahoma Baylor Baylor is still playing with house money. They're still ahead of schedule. Um, I, I think they really need to look into boosting their um, their uh, strength of schedule out of the conference, maybe. Um, but given how um, Art had that team or Artie had that team and all the controversy they went through and where they are now, I mean it's it's pretty much a, the same redemption story as. as um, as Penn State to some degree, I don't think people talk about it anymore. Nobody cares. I mean, I, I feel like it's done. The program's turned the corner. They got a new face in the coaching staff. The program looks cleaner. They've got um, a different, like, swag about them. So they need to build off that momentum. And I, and I think they made a good case for this year regardless. At 9-1, and one, even if they lose their next game or even if they don't win their bowl game, they're still playing with house money. I mean, this team was 1-11 two years ago. So that's incredible to me. So um, let's see. We got Michigan. So I haven't did our IBN um, committee yet <laughs> because because I I really been busy at work. But you know I had somebody put Michigan in their top ten, and it wasn't Patrick who I think is on the line right now. But somebody put Michigan in their top ten. Is Michigan a top ten team here? No, I just don't see it. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Michigan has looked a lot better in the last three weeks. I think the offense has finally found some rhythm. And I think Jim Harbaugh, Shea Patterson, Josh Gaddis, you know, that's kind of what happens. And, unfortunately, for Michigan, it was kind of too late. They, you know, they've already lost, um, you know, a huge game earlier. And it's like, I don't know if they're, how, how good are they? Are they just a team that's just a, you know, nine-win, ten-win team? Yeah, I think they're a good team. Do I think they're a top-ten team? No. I, I mean, I I don't think so unless I'm missing. So I know people are going to say, oh, you're biased. It's just because I'm like, no, I just – who you beat up? You beat up on Michigan State. You beat, I mean, I think they won some games that they're supposed to. And I just think until I really see them again – I mean, we're going to know exactly what Michigan is a week from this week. But top ten, no, I still think that's a stretch, man. I, what do you think? I, I don't. I don't think they're top ten. I don't think they've earned it. Um, I, I might be a little bit stubborn on them. I just, I just feel like the loss to Wisconsin, Wisconsin sitting at number twelve, and and what I've seen, like eye test wise on the field and stuff, it's just a matter of them basically still being beneficiaries of home field advantage. Like, I need to see some road wins. I need to see some quality road wins. I need to yeah. see that Michigan is 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 actually beating teams and not having circumstances work in their favor like home field advantage and then taking advantage of said home field or weather, it's, et cetera. Like, I just need to see more from the program. And, and this year isn't necessarily disappointing, but – it's definitely not as good as I – like, you, you can't look at what Michigan's done and then look at LSU. They had similar situations. Two coaches bringing somebody in to kind of revamp the offense, and then you got – LSU looks completely different, and Burrow is definitely better than Patterson. But still, like, I haven't seen anything from Michigan that showed progress. It still looks like it's kind of like a grind, you know, even against yeah. teams that I feel like they should be blowing out. And, and I, I can't put – I can't put them top ten uh, with that. Like Minnesota is in my top ten because they got a very good quality win, and they have beat people the way they should have been beat. Um, I didn't expect them to win last week, so I'm not penalizing them that much for that either. But still, they've got a quality win. They've they've really impressed 
um, when you watch them. Michigan, I don't think they can say that. Um, is this Patrick? Yes, sir. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not going to call you for that second foot in the uh, other group. I'm going I'm to keep it strictly football. So we're about to hit the top 10, Patrick. Um, and we're doing the committee rankings because I, I haven't finished our rankings. Um, but we were talking about Michigan as a top 10 team. Do you think they should be top 10? Could you make a case for that? No, no, there's really no case whatsoever. If you get beat down, you can't, they call it a beat them down to a team that caught a beat them down. You can't, no, no. Honestly, it's kind of hard to make a case for top 15 for Michigan. If you really want to be, if you really want to be serious about it. Like what's their best win is what, Notre Dame and, Honestly, Notre Dame didn't look good. They just got ranked because of their Notre Dame, and they had a great year last year, and they carried over this year. We all saw that they weren't that good, and they caught a beatdown. Hmm. I mean, I, I honestly think some of these teams like Michigan just get off on the name, man. Like, it's Michigan. Like, like I, oh. we're pretty much going to have this conversation about Bama when we get to the top ten. Like, you hear the name and you just assume they're going to be at a certain ranking. Like, I think Absolutely. people just That's Notre Dame. In, yeah, especially in the Harbaugh era, you just assume they're going to be a top ten team. But it's just not the case this year, man. It's, it's just not the case. And I, I continue to uh, give the committee praise for what they've done um, because there are a lot of teams here with, with names that you would think would be higher, like Auburn. But they're not necessarily penalized either for having three losses. I, I really think at the end of the day that this committee is probably the better ones that we've seen in regards to how they're treating people's, like, losses. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially when you're looking at who did Auburn lose to? Because what was Auburn's three losses? Um, that George, it was Georgia, LSU, and Florida. So you, yeah, what, you got yeah. three other teams in the top ten? Like, you really can't punish somebody for, like, losing to somebody who they're supposed to lose to. Like, all right, we might have had them favored against, like, what was it, either the Florida game? But, yeah, every other team, one on the road to Death Valley? Yeah, come on. You're not going to – you don't really need to, like, ding Auburn for that one. And they kept it close. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and move on since we got you on here because we're going to get your team in here too. Uh, Wisconsin, 8-2 at number 12. Florida's Bumtail finally out of the top 10 at 9-2. and two. Uh, Minnesota brings us to the 10 spot at 9-1. and one. Oklahoma is number 9 at 9-1. and one. Penn State is number 8 at 9-1. and one. University of Utah is number 7 at 9-1. and one. Oregon is number 6 at 9-1. and one. And then Alabama is at number 5 at 9-1. and one. So that is everybody's 9-1, basically. Except for them bums from Florida. Um, do you Wait, guys have any problems? Better than that team from them? Tallahassee. <laughs> we don't have a team in Tallahassee right now. Do you? Um, yeah, y'all you don't. Guys, <laughs> are you guys okay with the rankings of the nine and ones? I mean, from Georgia all the way down, everybody's nine and one. How do you sort that mess out, Marcus? Like, how do you, how do you pick the number four team out of what six options at nine and one? Man, you know, I think it's just—I <laughs> don't think anyone knows the committee. I think it's for everyone. It's just subjective, right? Like for me, when I look at a team, I just kind of go to the eye test if I think they're um, like similar. And sometimes, you know, like common opponent, and you know, you can just watch a game and be like, nah, that ten, that number ten team isn't the same as you know a, a number seven or a number eighteen, you know, whoever it may be, but. I mean, I think Florida has a, a case. I think Florida's like, you know, really in their case is like, yeah, I think they're really good, but still, at the end of the day, you're a three-loss football team. I don't care who you yeah. lost to. If you want to be in the league, two loss. I mean, I still think you guys will lose another game, but it's, you're two. We loss, only got one more game. Teams. Yeah, but I don't think you'll win your bowl game. So I mean, at the end of the year, and, you're going to be a three-loss team. Is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think. Like, what would Florida's argument really be? I think at the end of the day, if you want to be an elite team, you got to go on the road and beat somebody, or you have to just beat somebody. Like you had your chance against Georgia, you had your chance against LSU. You got to win. You got to find a way to win those games. Those are two games where you had opportunities to win those. So it's like to me, it's like okay, yeah, I don't think they're better than Oregon. I, yeah, even though 
the Oregon Auburn argument, I think at the week week one is a lot different than week you know twelve. I think teams grow, and I think teams get a lot better. I think if Justin Herbert and Oregon and Mario Cristobal had to play Auburn again, I think they win that game. But I mean, it's kind of subjective. Like I said, that's how I look at it. Some people may say, "Hey, I feel the SEC is the best," you know. However, they feel about it, but for me. It's hard, but it's just mostly subjective to me. Like I just try to look at the teams and be like, nah, this guy, nah, this not it. <laughs> I mean, I when I look at it, with um, with um, like, yeah, you we, teams do have to win the games they're playing, but put it like this: these Pac-12 teams, some of them really haven't played anybody of that much strength. Like, yes, yeah, some have a, like wins against a Cal team when Cal was ranked, but see what Cal is up to up to now. So also you just gotta think about like the gauntlet and the physicality of the SEC. Sometimes it just does have to weigh in a little bit. No so you're trying to tell me on a neutral field right now, you think Florida and Oregon? I like Oregon by eight I like Oregon eight and a half. On a neutral field no. against the Gators right now? You're crazy. Yeah, you, have you, I, I'm not gonna lie. That's that's perfectly I don't know. I get that Florida's your squad, but maybe we're not watching the same game. Oregon has <laughs> played, let's say, quote unquote, nobody, but they're playing to their standard. They're blasting people. You had your chance to beat Georgia. You had your chance to beat LSU. You crapped the bed. Go home. Try but, again next year. All right, year. LS, LSU is like what though? Like this is one of the greatest LSU teams we've ever seen. Like they literally walked into Tallahassee, not Tallahassee, Tuscaloosa, and put their feet on the couch. They made Nick Saban take three L's in one day. This ain't your regular LSU team. I get that, but what I'm saying is, what like what what would Florida's argument be to be what? Not a top six or seven team. No, I honestly think Florida's right where they should be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like to look at those teams, yeah, it's kind of. It's honestly for what's on paper, there, right? even one through four is subjective. For what's on paper and for what we've done, yeah, somewhere between honestly, I say eight and twelve is where Florida should be. You can you can make an argument for any one of those spots. Granted, I still think they could be taking a, a Pac-12 team on neutral field, like Utah. Know, man. They'll handle Utah. Man, listen, listen, Oregon, Oregon's solid, man. Like, I mean, honestly, if Utah's fully healthy and their quarterback's healthy, I mean, that's even a, a, a stretch. Because I, I really think you're underestimating the, the two better teams in the Pac-12's, like, defense, for real. I mean, athlete for athlete, they can they can keep up on the defensive side, which is not something that Pac-12 teams could say, you know, in years past. But they're two solid programs with, with two solid teams that are um, season teams, like, Oregon, I think when we did the preview uh, before the season, I think they only had like one underclassman starting or or something crazy like that. Like they had basically ninety percent of the people starting were upperclassmen. And that's now that's one a, question for you though. Yeah, go ahead. one important question. Do you think either Utah or Oregon could actually keep pace with an Ohio State and LSU or Clemson? I mean. For, no, for a certain amount, for a certain amount of time, not for a full game, though. Like, like Clemson and Ohio State, just the quality of the team and players are going to wear them down eventually. But I, I they're not going to get dragged in the first half. Like, it'd probably be something where they're within a uh, within nine or ten points at the half, and then, like I said, the quality of the program just takes over, and they eventually lose. But Herbert, Herbert's a a, a future draft pick. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons around him, and um, and they've got a very solid defense that I, I think it plays disciplined enough that they're going to make people like Clemson and Ohio State earn everything that they get. There's, it's not going to come cheap or easy. So as far as what about like, Utah? Or Utah, now nah, I got less faith in Utah than I do in Oregon. But I mean, now Utah <laughs> might get dragged down the street. But but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I think both of those teams are really, really good. And I think out of those teams to really compete, I think Utah may the, be the most equipped to probably play with one of the top four, top five teams because Kyle Whittingham's a great coach. And I don't know, y'all may not watch a lot of Utah, but when they lost to USC, Zach Moss, 
who was one of the better players in the Pac-12, the starting wide receiver, was out. And ever since they came back, they they were rolling people. They rolled. I know people laugh at UCLA, but this was a team who had won three in a row. They, you know, you can put, take, pay, take the gambling line, or you can look at it from a football perspective that people thought it would be a much competitive game. They rolled UCLA, and they're built in the trenches. If you're going to be a team that going to win a national title, and that's really been the, the difference, right, between why people say, quote-unquote, the Pac-12 is soft is because you don't have enough quality depth at defensive tackle, defensive end, and linebacker to consistently win these games against an Ohio State or Clemson or Georgia, Alabama, and whoever it may be. And I think Utah is probably a little more equipped to do that than Oregon. Now, I know Oregon brings a very explosive offense, but I still think, I think Utah – and Oregon are, are two really good football teams, and I think there is a West Coast bias for You know, I don't really like it, but it's just that I don't think people see enough of Oregon and Utah to really have an opinion. Like, I hear people say, oh, Oregon's no good, Utah's no good. Like, how many Utah games have you watched, though? Like, how many – before you can say that, watch the games and see and go from there. And don't – I think people do a lot of just reading Twitter, saying something, hearing it and saying something like, most people don't know who Tyler Huntley or Zach Moss is, so we can't even, you know, we can't have a full and honest conversation about how good the Pac-12 or how good Utah or Oregon is. Yeah, I agree. Marcus, I agree with you. People, people don't. The one really thing I will Utah. say, Oregon's defense—they can be, they can be very good, or they can be a little suspect. Like Washington pushed them around quite a, quite a bit that first three quarters. I mean, it's a team that's familiar with them, and and it's kind of a a rivalry game, and they're also in Washington. Like, neutral site matters, man. Like, I I really think it matters for for a lot of people. And and that's why why we see, um, like, you literally separate the men from the boys in neutral site because then it's it's not – it's not that that uh, extra boost that you get from the home crowd. It's basically lining up, are you better than me? And – we we get that answered every year by Clemson and Alabama. Even though this year we we hopefully will will get a different outlook, but those two programs, the reason why they're miles apart from everybody else in the last four years is because they answer that question every time they're they're uh, put to the test. Like they just line up and they beat people. I mean, who's to say Oregon couldn't do that this year uh, with the right matchup? But like you know if we're Again, putting them against the LSU or Clemson or Ohio State, I mean, I don't know. But if it was a Georgia or a Bama without Tua, who knows? I really would like to see that. So um, I don't I don't think any of the Pac-12 teams are undeserving. Whoever wins the Pac-12 championship, in my opinion, should move up to uh, the yeah. four spot if the four spot is occupied by um, – well, if LSU wins the SEC um, – we just assume it's against Georgia, and that four spot needs to go to the Pac-12 champion, in my opinion. Um, the committee's done that before with Washington um, a couple years ago, but I feel like we, there's there's still this like hesitation from people, fans, and, and pundits. They really think that if Bama wins out and Georgia loses to LSU, then Bama is going to go to the four spot, and then ESPN is running round the clock. Um, cases for it, but I, I really don't see how they can push the Pac-12 champion out. Oh, I think a lot of people are scared still because every time we get that fourth team in there, they get don't walked in the semifinal, like we saw last year with uh, Notre Dame, and they just got dragged by the nose and by the first half it was over. And I, I think that's one um, one of the things the committees like and um, all of college football in general is kind of scared of. They don't want to get a team in there and it's like, oh, they get killed in the first half and that's that's bad for business for them. Hey, I mean so <laughs> Hey, I don't know how you prevent that though. I mean Notre Dame wasn't really deserving. I don't think anybody wanted to see Notre Dame in there but the committee and, and they got what they wanted. Notre Dame got dragged. Yeah. But um I don't, <laughs> I don't think L S U is dragging Oregon or Utah like that. I, I think it'll be a good game, uh, to a certain degree. Like I said, at some point the quality of the program is going to shine through, but I don't. I don't think they're they're going to show up just to get smacked around like Kelly and his squad did. But uh, the top four remained the same um, from last week: Georgia number four at nine and one, Clemson at number three at eleven and zero, Ohio State at number two ten and zero, LSU at number one ten and zero, 
I will say that we have a mixture of opinions in the IBN group as far as like who should be number one. Is there any case in your mind, Marcus, that LSU should not be number one? No, I think they're currently no. I think they're definitely the number one team. Talk to me three mm-hmm. weeks from now, I may have a different opinion. But no, right now I don't think the way they're playing. I think the way the coaching staff has truly embraced, you know, the roster and what they're doing, and just combine, just look at their resume. I think it speaks for itself. I think currently they're the number one team in the country. Are they the best team in the country? I think maybe that's a different argument. But yeah, they deserve to be number one. What about you, Mark uh, Patrick? Uh, yeah, um, look at who they played. They got, what, three top ten wins this year, and one of them's on the road at Alabama. And, yeah, the, I know people want to talk about, oh, they have defensive issues, but no, their defense is better than you think it is. And, yeah, they're, they're still winning. No, it's you can't not. punish winning. No, that defense uh, is not better than you think it is. I don't think you saw that old team last week. It, there's some concerns. You know, they have some serious concerns on defense. Like, I get it. I don't think they we, cared about Ole Miss, though. I think there's also a level of disrespect. Man, stop it. Have you not? Look at this. I mean, I get it. We're <laughs> we're so used. you got to retrain your eyes. You're so used to LSU having a dominant defense. I have to go by what I have this year. They're not a good defensive team. You can't it like six hundred some yards. Football, right. a defense like, is just gonna cut it on. All right, I'll it say was like six hundred yards, right? Their front, yeah, their front like, seven is bad, like, but their secondary defense. When 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 I see teams that don't care, the games are usually close, and it's not giving up six hundred and something yards. Like that's that's excessive, bro. That's excessive. Can we do something about? Like this mentality, oh, they don't care about this team. Like if you've been inside of a program or been inside of operations, every single game matters. Like I hate that. That's a lazy argument, a lazy narrative. No, they care because you know what? You're always one game away from not being in the college football playoff. After 12 weeks of football and you're telling me the stats say this, this is what you are. You got to own it. LSU's a good football team with a lot of talent on defense. But they're not a good defensive team. Like, I'm, I'm getting tired. Why do people keep saying, oh, defense is going to figure it out? Defense is going to figure it out. No, it's not. They're offensive-driven, and that's okay for LSU. That should be a breath of fresh air for them, considering all the offensive issues that they have. That's why I say, are they the number one team now? Of course. Are they the best team in football? I don't know. I think in college football, I think that's another argument. I'm getting tired of all this. It... Go ahead. LSU, blah, 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 SEC, you know, come on, man. Give me a break. I think that there is um, there is a case to be made, in my opinion, that Clemson is the best team in the country, but I know people don't <laughs> people don't really yeah, like no, to hear I'm that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's, but I, I really do. And, and it's not it's not anything to do with because they're 11-0 or they beat up on ACC teams. Like, no, I really think between Venable – and that coaching staff coming back and these kids basically coming back this year, like they're motivated again. Um, I just think they're, they're focused and determined. And, and to me, they're the most dangerous team that nobody's talking about in this top four. More, most people are talking about how Georgia doesn't belong there and how Ohio state is the best team in the country or, or the threat because of chase young. But I just think that Clemson is the team top to bottom. When you look at their roster, there's not many holes in, in the coaching staff. Again, like it's just no no holes in the coaching staff either. It, to me, they're a very dangerous team. Like if I'm LSU or Ohio State, I don't want to play them first. I don't want to play them first. But um, I mean, I th- we, I think we're the best team in the country. But that's a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think top. To, no, seriously, I think from top to bottom. No, I agree with you. Have, we're gonna have three top. We're gonna have three first round picks in our secondary, three first round picks on our defensive line. You've got guys like Baron Browning and uh, Malik Harrison who are going to be top three uh, the, um, picks in the NFL draft. Justin Field has thirty seven touchdowns to one interception. Like think about that touchdown to interception ratio. And I don't now I I know and I, even me as a Buckeye fan, I'm trying to retrain myself because. 
One thing about how good Urban Meyer was in the Ohio State era, he has there was never a point in time he's looked this dominant. This coaching staff from top to bottom with Ryan Day, Jeff Hafley, Kevin Wilson, Mike Yurchich, that's a lot of not only college football experience but NFL experience on that staff. Like I think people were just so yeah, Clemson beat us thirty one and nothing. Iowa beat us. Purdue beat us. This is completely different, I think, Ohio State football era. And if you watch what we've done, sure, Cincinnati, FAU, you're supposed to beat them. That's what people are saying. But we not only beat them, we rolled them up, like, easily. This team has looked so incredibly dominant at every phase. Like, I don't see how people can look at us and say we're not the best team in college football. That's what I say. Hey, we may not be number one. I think they're the best. But we still got to play Penn State, a really good Michigan team next week, and Minnesota, our time will come. And that's what I said. Talk to me in a few weeks. And then I think it may be yeah, a Mar- different. Marcus? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Ohio State, on both sides of the ball, they're the best. I think LSU, they're number one right now because of resume. Like, they've got those three top ten wins. But on both sides of the ball, when you got Chase Young running after you, man, that'll make a quarterback crap himself. Yeah, on both sides of the ball, they're just lights out. And I think especially with um, how they just blew down the doors on a team like Wisconsin, what did they put up? What was the final on that one? 42 to 7 or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it was a – yeah. And the the yeah, thing is, about, like I what? think we'll know this supposed to be the best sure, defense? like how good we are. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we're yeah, going to y'all can put the beat down good. on them. We're going to get into that actually next. Um, thank you for calling, Patrick. Um, again, there's not much to debate at the top because, well, it pretty much stayed the same. And then through the top 25, really the only issue would probably come where you would put those six, nine, and one teams, how you would rank them. And um, I, I think, again, everybody's mad about Georgia, but it'll fix itself. I think that's what the committee yeah. is thinking as well, is that it'll yep. fix itself, and, and we will see. Uh, Patrick, thank you for calling. I hope Florida never makes it to the top Appreciate ten again. Um, <laughs> I hope y'all never get a coach. We probably won't. All right, so let's get into my favorite part of the show, the gambling part. Um, too bad we don't run the show earlier. Or y'all would have been all about Maxion because I was all over that 56 tonight, which was just quite honestly the most disrespectful Maxion line I have seen all year. Somehow, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, somehow, some way, uh, was it uh, Buffalo and Toledo were at fifty six, and at the half, it was twenty eight to twenty, and now it's twenty eight twenty three. Um, I don't know why Toledo keeps kicking these field goals. Who kicks field goals in, in that? But anyway, it's twenty eight twenty three with eleven minutes and fifty four seconds left in the third quarter. Yeah. You can't call something a lock any more than that. That is absolutely insane, and hopefully we get another touchdown and we can all go to bed early. Um, With that being said, we got a barn burner tomorrow. Georgia Tech hosting North Carolina State at two and a half. I don't think I've bet Georgia Tech at all this year except for to feed them. I definitely have not bet anything NC State. Have you even looked at any of that stuff? Like, have you looked at anyone this year? Uh, so, if people don't know, I, I currently live in Atlanta now, so I get a lot of UGA. I get a lot of Georgia Tech. I, I've actually watched a lot of Georgia Tech, actually, because I think Jeff Collins is a good coach, but I haven't bet them yet. It's been completely fade, <laughs> completely fade every single time. It's, it's, that's just – how do they even justify putting that on TV? Um, and we've had some good Thursday night games um, over the last month or so. That's really disappointing. Um, I'm a little interested in the Friday night game. Colorado State going to Wyoming. It's at 50 and a half. Wyoming don't have they don't have my boy Josh Allen no more, but they've been doing some good work. They've been doing some good work out there. And Colorado State's kind of a wild card from time to time. They tend to air it out. So I mean, from a watching standpoint, that would be great. But I'm not touching either either one of those Thursday or Friday games. I'm not that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so let's roll into Saturday. All right, so this is week 13. 
we've kind of carried you guys throughout the entire season. No, I didn't keep a track of what I did through the entire season, but it's, it's not that awful. Um, we got one more week after this. People are playing for bowl eligibility, um, which is which is big. So you guys looking for, for games to add to a parlay or looking to parlay some games, I would suggest targeting teams who need that, that one win or need to win out. Um, you're going to get some desperation. You're going to get some trick plays. You're going to get some some people being aggressive, which could lead to some overs. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye out uh, for some of those teams. And one of those teams or one of those matchups actually comes at 12 o'clock from the Met, Kent State, Ball State, two teams that honestly – Kent State's uh, situation, I don't think they can get into a bowl game, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Ball State is still looking to try to um, to become bowl eligible. Let me double check real quick. I see them at – oh, I'm looking at the wrong week. All right, here we go. Let me look real quick. I see Ball State's 4-6. All right, so two teams that are 4-6. and six. I mean – No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you, you, I don't know. I mean, didn't they let a six-win team last year? But I like Maxton, though, yeah. I mean, they they did last year. Who knows, man? But either yeah, way, Ball State, Kent State. Couple, and I was going to say, there's always a couple, like, five-win teams that, like, you know, get bowl invites anyway, so. Yeah. They're going to try. Um, I would – I'm leaning Ball State here. Um, the 67-and-a-half would be tempting if it was – more a more higher paced home team. I don't think Kent State's necessarily the highest paced team. I'm surprised this isn't a little bit higher. I thought it'd be maybe like a five or a six ball state. Um, Kent State hasn't lost um, a conference game by more than seven in a while, especially at home. I think that's like their mo. So with this being at three and a half, I buy it down to three for ball state. But I think that's a a very tantalizing line. Um, considering that I feel like it's it's a couple points off and should be more in favor of Ball State. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. That's always a tricky – I mean, that's a pretty – if you watch the Mac, those two always play each other close, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a good line. I'd I, I take it. Yeah. And, and there's not many – there's not many, like, attractive – Attractive um, 12 o'clock games now that I'm looking at it. Obviously, we got the marquee game of the day, in my opinion. Um, Ohio State uh, hosting Penn State set 19. I think it's a little too high. I would would need to go do a deeper dive real quick. But I I think it's a little too high. I I, I know Franklin and them, um, they still have something to play for. Uh, This is Ohio State's first big test. The talent, again, the talent should shine through for Ohio State. It just might not start out that way. And 19 is a lot, man. I mean, that's a lot of points. Yeah, they're top 10 team. <laughs> like that's, that's crazy. I don't know anybody else that would play a top 10 team and be a 10-point favorite over. I mean, um, more than um, a two-score favorite. And you're talking a three-score favorite? That's, that's a little insane. I, I got to lean Penn State, man. I just – I just need to do a deeper dive real quick before I do that, but no, I, I, think, I think that's safe to say. Okay, I was just say because I think they're game, and I think that's a little bit disrespectful, and and they're definitely going to bring some energy because they because they need to win, they need it. So um, I mean, both teams need to win, but 19 points is a is a lot. That's a lot of points. They played us close too. I mean, they've truly been a bigger rival than Michigan, honestly. <laughs> In the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, not mm-hmm. to say the rivalry isn't important, but, I mean, just matching us, you know, talent for talent. I mean, they beat us, what, three years ago? It's been three years now. And, yeah, I think 19 points, man, that's three touchdown favorite. I know we're at home, but I, I do. I, I think Penn State's a really good team. And I, when I first saw that line, you know, we brought it up. I was like, man, that is high. I was expecting it to be more in the 11 maybe. And I, I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, pretty high. So another game that I'm a little curious in, um, I would have to take a look as well. Um, but Tulane as a six and a half underdog at home against Central Florida, 
Um, want to lean to Lane. They've been a little disappointing this year, but but they're pretty game at home. I would like to see that seven and a half though for Tulane, just because you never know what you're gonna get out of Central Florida's offense. But um, I want to check how healthy Central Florida is. I think they've had some injuries, and uh, look into that. I guess my best bet for the twelve o'clock series would be Minnesota fourteen over Northwestern. I still think Northwestern is the trashest team <laughs> out of all the Power Five teams, not named Rutgers. UMass, baby. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I forgot about UMass. They couldn't even cover against UMass, some bums. Yeah, um, that's what I was but, saying last week. We were talking about this. But 14 might seem like it's a little hefty, but, again, this Northwestern team has struggled to score. Um, they did score against Purdue, and they did score against UMass, but Minnesota is definitely a different quality team than them. Um, I think Minnesota's got all the, the look-ahead uh, voodoo out of their system. Uh, they need to, to win to maintain the chance to um, – to sneak into uh, or potentially sneak into a, a position where they could compete in the um, in the conference championship. But ultimately, they're, pl- they're playing for a bold position as well. So I don't expect no drop-off here. Uh, I'm taking the um, the 14 on this one. You like that, Marcus? Oh, there, you were breaking up. I'm sorry. I said you like that 14? Yeah, I think I mean it's no, I think that's a pretty safe bet, man. I mean, fourteen points in that type of game, I think that sounds about right. So rolling into the nooners or the late afternooners. Let me see what we got here. Georgia Southern versus Arkansas State intrigues me. Um, it's not two teams that we normally talk about, but the line's low enough, and, and they're, to me, equal enough that that is an intriguing line. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I got to go back to your team at 3.30, and that's Indiana. Get no, get out of here. Leave us alone. <laughs> Leave us alone. We don't need bad juju. It's six no, three weeks. We've been seven and three against the spread. We don't need your love, man. You're no. in a bad neighborhood. Get out of Got here. It. They piqued my interest. I was I was a low key following <laughs> that last week. They they definitely piqued my interest. Um, hey, they've got the t- look, man. Indiana's got the system to put up points on Michigan. They did it already. Yeah. Actually. Um, last year, and and the funny thing to me is is that I'm pretty sure that that was. Uh, part of Ohio State's game plan is that they watched that game and saw how Indiana basically exposed Michigan's defense and they utilized um, some of that scheme. So I know this Michigan team has not changed their approach to games. I can tell that, by the way, it's going this year. So I would not doubt that Indiana is going to come into this game and pretty much try to do what they did last year and still find success. So to me, nine and a half is asking a lot. Uh, Shea Patterson is not it. <laughs> He's not the guy. Uh, I don't trust him whatsoever. And honestly, you're looking at like one turnover that could really change the tide of this cover uh, for Michigan. And and I really like Indiana in this spot. I'm sorry, bro. I'm not. I'm not saying y'all should play it because this is Marcus' baby. So I'm, I'm gonna tell him I'm not gonna play it, but I'm secretly gonna play it. So um, I anticipate <laughs> the public to be all over Michigan as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm even going to wait until kickoff and, and see if this thing will balloon up a little bit more. But Sharps are not going to let Indiana get over 10 for long. I got that for a fact. Yeah. Now, I would say anything you hear me say on here, man, y'all go get that money because I've been trying to tell people just to drop little nuggets like, hey, this is a team that I like this year. Like, I think it's so easy for people to fall in love with the name or fall out of love with the name, and they just see Indiana, and they just go, oh, they're going to get rolled. You know, like, nah, there's value in that, man. That If you're better, that's where you got to find your value. Like, Indiana been 7-3 against the spread this year. I've been riding them for, like, six straight weeks now, and I kind of have to get out of that, too. But when I first saw him, I was like, man, Michael Penix is straight. Like, all right, they, they can make some plays. So, Man, it's it's been a good run, man. Like people should probably check into Indiana. Like they're a solid team. I, I know it's probably kind of boring because they may not have you know some of the sexier names or whatever maybe, but they're a really good football team. And it's what nine points. I 
I think nine it's going to be half. like a six-point game with Michigan. Yeah, nine and a half. I think it'll be a six-point, like a a 28 to 33 type of game. Like, I think that's the type of game Michigan's going to get in. Because like you said, I still don't have a lot of faith in Shea and Jim. And if the game gets tight, Jim's going to play close to the vest. He's going to play not to lose. And Indiana's going to come out and take shots. They're going to try to win. They played us close. They played Penn State close. They played – that's just the type of team they are. Like, they realize yeah. – they're not a team that's like, hey, we can come back and, you know, sit back and try to compete with these dudes. Nah, man, we throwing haymakers, double reverse passes, like whatever it takes, man. Yeah, like, they're, they're definitely aggressive, and I, and I love that about them. They're not going to sit back and let anybody push them around. They're definitely going to take their shots. Um, Georgia at 13 against Texas A&M. I don't know what the media is buying into Texas A&M. They keep talking about them like they're going to do know, something. Either. I expect Georgia to win, but – Georgia just they just don't impress me, man. Like I'm just not I'm not interested from a gambling aspect in, in touching that team. Um USC versus UCLA, fourteen point spread, not interested at all in either team either. Ew. However, the most interesting and funniest line ever, Western Kentucky went to Arkansas. They were a one point uh underdog and they absolutely obliterated Arkansas. Western Kentucky is going to Southern Miss, and now they're four-point underdog. Like, what does that say about the Arkansas program? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The over-under is at 51 and a half. I don't know too much about Southern Miss, but this is definitely a game that I'm interested in as far as research goes, um, just to see if we're missing something here. I do know Western Kentucky can put up some points. Um, 51 and a half seems a little bit light. Almost like I need to check the weather type light before I make a bet on it. But um, that's a game that's, that's got my curiosity. I'm looking for some value on a a dog team and potential upset alert. So um, I like that. Marshall visiting Charlotte, seven-point uh, favorite in Marshall. I have never respected the 49ers of Charlotte in any aspect when it comes to football. I rarely re- respect them in basketball either. So I'm, I'm looking curiously at Charlotte, I mean, uh, at Marshall in this game as well. I had to check on the health of Marshall, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. No interest in Baylor versus Texas. I don't think Texas is back. No interest. <laughs> um, also, don't like the idea of betting on a team like Baylor after such a um, devastating loss. It's only five and a half, so I, I yeah. can can Texas even make it interesting at this point? Like they Texas is not good. <laughs> Six not. and four right now and that's I saw that and I was like, Man, can Texas keep it within a field goal? I don't even think so. I don't even see that the way they're playing right now. I don't and and who knows, man, like freaking Baylor's offense, God, they're so frustrating. So frustrating. I don't know what so happened to their offense. It it went away and never came back. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's tough. It is tough. Um, let's see. Obviously, I'm going with my boys from Navy over SMU. I ain't got no love for SMU. I would Ooh. actually though take take the over on this game or consider it just because SMU is the type of team that could really push Navy to actually put up some points. Um, just because they're going to give a, bo- a bunch of chunk plays. I think the line's properly capped with Navy being favored by three. Um, I would definitely drop it down to uh, three. But you're looking at a team that's one in Navy, they're not going to do a lot of punting, and a team in SMU that's not going to do a lot of punting. Um, but you would think the clock would keep running, but SMU is going to air the ball out. Navy's defense is good enough to make them work for it a little bit. So 66.5 seems a little high. But knowing what we know about SMU and their big play explosion and what we know about Navy and their, and their ability to get uh, chunk runs on the ground, I, I think it's all around capped pretty tightly, and, and, and I would definitely be buying the hook on either uh, aspect. If I'm taking the over, under, or if I'm taking the spreads, I would buy the hook. Yeah, I think that one's kind of intriguing because, like you said, it's literally – Two contrasted styles. Navy wants to do nothing but run, and SM wants to do SMU wants to do nothing but pass. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Navy actually, you would think like teams like SMU who plays no defense would get overwhelmed, but 
sometimes when Navy, when they're in control of games, but if they get like a fumble or get off schedule and they feel like they have to start passing the ball, getting really creative, it just seems like teams that can score points can really like put some pressure on Navy. I, I kind of like SMU to cover. I don't know if they're win. I think yeah. Navy going to control the, like you said, they're just going to control the ball and give you so few offensive opportunities. And, you know, you got to really take advantage of those. But I, Sonny Dykes, man, Shane Boucher's going to come out gunning, man. So <laughs> they, they will, man. They really will. And, and, um, that's what makes it so now, interesting. Now, where's it at? Is it in Navy? It's, it's, it's in Navy. It's in Navy. Oh, it's in Baltimore. It's, it's in, in, in Annapolis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in Annapolis. Where Navy is, it's very good um, there. So, yeah. Um, I think they're, and they're also coming off of getting smacked around by Notre Dame. So, looking at a situational play, they are more than motivated uh, to take down SMU. Yeah. And SMU's ranked. Um, Navy, they were ranked, uh, I think or close to being ranked. So this would be a, a, a good win for them. So they're definitely going to be motivated. Um, North Texas has been extremely disappointing. Uh, they should be, they should be at least a, a 12, 13 point favorite against Rice. Yeah. And they're six and a half. That is awful. Um, ACC action, Pittsburgh going to Virginia Tech. I think Pitt's one of the better ACC teams that nobody talks about because nobody cares, but yeah. getting four going to Tech, with that defense, um, who's I think has been very underrated over the last month, especially when it comes to pass rushing, I'm, I'm tempted to take the four on, on Pittsburgh. There, I think that's a good spot. Over Virginia Tech, yeah, and they playing in yeah, Blacksburg, yeah. right? Like Pittsburgh's yeah. pretty solid. Yeah, I agree with you. They're a pretty solid team. They straight, yeah. And they travel well. I mean, defensively for sure. So it's not really that scary. Um, Louisiana Tech. I like UAB, that under, What's it like? Forty five and a half. Forty five and a half. Yeah. Kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Both offenses are kind of spotty sometimes, but yeah, yeah Pittsburgh, four, that's a good bet. Yeah, I, I feel like if you play the over-under, you're, you're betting on them protecting the ball. Because if they protected the ball, yeah. then it's probably going to go under. If you bet, if you don't think they're going to protect the ball, then the over is definitely at uh, it. Because like I said, Pittsburgh has a very disruptive uh, front. Um, so they should be able to get some pressure, should be able to create some turnovers. Um, that's pretty much what they've done over the last month and a half of ACC action, I think. Yeah. Uh, they've been pretty underrated. Um, I want to say they're at least top 25 in the nation as far as their, their pass rush goes as a collective unit. I have to look it up again, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. But, um, again, like I said, very underrated team and getting four yeah. points against a team that's been spotty. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna take that. Uh, our boy Syracuse showed up last week, dogged them dudes from Duke. They getting ten <laughs> going into Louisville. I don't know. Again, two bad teams. I ain't trying to play that either. Um, Memphis is getting fourteen and a half against South Florida. Um, or not sorry, Memphis is giving fourteen and a half. Um, in South Florida, I don't think there's anything there either. Maybe take a look at the over at 59 and a half, but I just have not been impressed with the South Florida offense and their scoring. It's been very disappointing. Uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, just inflated. Don't want no part of that. Cal Stanford, don't want no part of that. They're not good. Um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> there's not much, like, standing out action for real. Um I don't even know. I can't even say take K-State. <laughs> K-State's uh, <laughs> two-and-a-half dog going into Texas Tech. Texas Tech been game, man. They've been game in, in a lot of these in these situations where you would be like, well, I mean, Texas Tech doesn't play defense. or they down to their fourth-string quarterback, but somehow, some way, they still keep it competitive. So I'm a little yeah. weary on, on playing that. Um I would take a hard look at the Wake Forest Duke over at 49 and a half. I don't think Duke's um, offense can be as bad as they were last week. I just don't think it's possible. Yes, they be can. That. Dang, two weeks in a row? Two weeks it in a row. Right. I've watched a couple of Duke games. They're the, like, slowest spread Jeez. team I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. not even just tempo, but it just looks like everybody on their squad is just at a whole different gear. Like, everybody's in, like, 
first gear and everybody else in the ACC is in third or fourth. I just can't watch Duke. But, yeah, I agree. That yeah. offense was really bad against Syracuse last week. Uh, the Oregon line seems about right for what you would expect for them to be favored that game. Arizona State is going to be motivated. They've got uh, a smart enough staff that they can scheme to make it difficult uh, on Oregon. But I don't – again, I think the quality should stand out and Oregon should be fine. Yeah. Houston, Tulsa over under at 58 and a half is right route. Houston's still putting up points, man. <laughs> Tulsa's still Tulsa. Uh, definitely like weather check first, but that seems a little light to me. Um, and I would definitely be interested in taking that. Uh, Dana has pissed me off a lot this year, but when it comes to, to over-unders, he's usually good for the over. Um, we are now in the, obviously, 730 games. Missouri, Tennessee, not really worth it. Um, Oklahoma, TCU, again, not really worth it to me. Utah getting or given 23 against Arizona seems kind of large. Um, honestly, there's nothing else there, man. Like, maybe you could look at the Boise, Utah State over. Um, San Diego State visiting Hawaii, the 48 and a half. You would like to think they would go over, but San Diego State's offense is so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. But their defense is so good. I wouldn't even touch that. It's just a it's just a funky looking week. So, I, I mean, a lot of the times when we go through this stuff, um, I have not researched it yet. Um, if there's something that stood out to me like that one time, the Notre Dame Michigan game, like I'll let you know I'm all over that. But like this is going to require me to to really focus Friday and, and turn off the TV and, and sit at my computer and do some research because <laughs> there's some there's some tight lines out there this week. So be careful. Um, I guess my Best play out of the entire week. We pretty much went through every game roughly. But I think the best play would probably be the points in Pitt, with Pittsburgh going into Tech. Um, I really like that situation. I, I think that's, like I said, a little incorrect. There was another game where I thought was a little off. I think it was Ball State and Kent State. Um, off the top of my head right now, I really like Ball State. Um, just by the hook on that particular game. But uh, it seems about right to me. So, those are my two games. You got anything, Marcus? Any upset alerts? Um, other than Indiana, man, I'm gonna stick with Indiana. I think maybe I kind of I'm with you on the Texas A&M and Georgia. I saw the line at 13, and I was like, man, maybe I'm missing something on Texas A&M, but I just don't see it, man. I think Georgia's gonna mm. be done by like 21. Like, I mean, Georgia's one of those teams that. They just gonna ground and pound you to death, and they just gonna try to out physical you. And I just think Texas A&M just don't have it yet to be able. To... Thirteen was a lot, but no, nah, I think we got every. Oh, Nebraska's only a five point favorite against Maryland. That was kind. Of, I was like, man, I couldn't believe that one. But other than that, yeah, it was, it's gonna be an alright weekend. Yeah, I couldn't believe that, but honestly, um, as bad as <laughs> Nebraska's been, I'm like, you know what? It makes Jay. sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. And don't get me wrong, what's his name is awful. Um, uh, Maryland, they're absolutely disgusting. Yeah, so if you, if you want, if you ever wanted to play a Nebraska game and you got money to blow, that this would probably be the one. Probably be the one. <laughs> All right, so uh, good, good luck to everybody. Make sure you do your due diligence. It's going to be tough. Um, I've got a cap from yeah. golfing. Um, it's been a good show. Marcus, we made it 13 weeks. we got one more, and then we're going to do some bold stuff, um, and we will keep people posted. Uh, That might be a a two-show-a-week project or something. I don't know. But um, appreciate it, man. I'm glad you were able to stick around uh, for the whole season. Yeah, no doubt, man. Have a good time. Until next weekend. All right, man. Take care. This has been the IBN College Football Weekly Podcast, and we will catch you guys next week.